Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for subscribing to 28 Days of Glory, daily segments of biblical principle taught by the right Reverend LaVon and Reverend Selena Breland. Well, good evening. This is LaVon Breland, founder of Urban Glory Campaign's host of Urban Glory Radio. We are in 28 Days of Glory, and we are studying the Word of God. I'm looking forward to sharing the Word of God. Let someone know that we are live. And we are going to deal with the basics today, the basics. Um, As you know, in every boot camp, there is basic training. And so tonight I want to deal with one of the basics of the kingdom of God. I'll give you the basis of the scripture, and then we'll check out our understanding on this basic principle of the cause of which we believe. Let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad to thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make bold and known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as the educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do it all that you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And then, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The believer has been embedded in their soul to exist in a lifestyle of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it is the knowledge of that word that we've heard that determines the quality of life that we experience. So it's important for us as believers to really have a basis of belief in the things pertaining to life. You know, um, the scriptures are, are what affirms us and gives us the knowledge we need to know, first the knowledge of who Jesus is, the knowledge of who we are, the knowledge of what we have, and the knowledge of what we can do as a result of connected to Jesus. Uh, So we're going to be in some basic training tonight, and I want to deal with one of the cores of our belief system. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 is is a powerful scripture because it's dealing with maturity. And it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and the faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. What is impossible for those who were once enlightened, having tasted the heavenly gift and made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted that good word of God and and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify themselves, um, crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh often up upon it and bringeth forth herbs, meats, for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth the blessing from God. 
but that which beareth thorns, beareth bearers, uh, uh, is rejected, and is nigh unto the cursing, who in the end is bound. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and the things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For, it is un- for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shown toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and be ministered. And we desire that each one of you do so the same diligence to the full assurance of the hope unto the end. So the basic of our the basics of our beliefs is found basically in the first uh, three verses, and then um, the things that we go on to uh, are found in verses four through seven, and then it gives us. Uh, a, a caution as to not taking advantage of the opportunities that we have to mature in verses eight through fifteen. But in in the in the second verse, we find the first one that I want to discuss, which I don't think I have ever discussed on the broadcast. And I thought if I was going to start with the basic uh, principle or foundation, I would start with the baptism of Christ or the doctrines of baptism. What is the purpose of baptism? So get your notes out and let's go to class and let's go to school tonight and learn some things. Now, as a believer, we have to develop love for the truth. We have to learn not to love the things of the world. We have to love others. We have to have a love for righteousness. And we have to love uh, and, and express our love through deeds. But we can only do this when we love God with all our heart, soul, and strength, and then we love one another. That love can only be discovered when we find out what God's love is. That's what Corinthians 13 displays, that we love not only in word but also in deed. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the intelligence of God. And in that, our encounter with developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he enables us to live the Christian life. To live a Christian life, then, is expressed when we experience experience things with the Holy Spirit. The first thing that we should experience is the supernatural. We should experience the supernatural, and then through that process, we should have an enlightenment of the mind and encouragement to endure uh, suffering, and then we should have evidence for faith, and then we should be energized to make a difference. We should be energized to make a difference. And those principles become the motivation to affirm ourselves in these basic core doctrines. Doctrines are teachings that have been passed down from generation to generation that contain principles of righteousness that can be applied to your attitudes, your behaviors, and conditions. And as a result of you applying those actions the, uh, and those attitudes, behaviors, and conditions, you will alter your, your belief system, and you will become complete in Christ. All right? Now, um, basics, uh, basics promotes the knowledge of God. And it's the, it's the primary teachings about Christ and how he equips us with the tools that we need to know in, uh, for what we believe. So we appreciate what Jesus has done. Basics bring us into focus and gain knowledge about Christ. Knowing his imprint on the world, um, his key uh, uh, his key emphasis in life events, which he made as a pattern for us to follow, 
And then let's keep him up with his example uh, by catering to his voice and the things that he provokes to as knowledge in the scripture. So we focus on Jesus, who is the author uh, and the finisher of our faith. The scripture says, looking unto Jesus. And Jesus becomes the basis of our conviction. That's why it's important before we leave something, the primary element that we ensure that we have basis. So in this boot camp of series of series that we've been studying all month um, under my teaching, I want to encourage us to have basic foundation, to know something that a part of your being identified as a Christian should be known, should be known by what you believe. And there are some things that we believe that are pivotal to exist as Christians. So basic, uh, uh, basic training brings focus to us gaining the knowledge of Christ, but basic training also brings um, finding, uh, brings to emphasis finding God's will for living a quality, a higher quality of life. And when I say a higher quality, I'm saying God's quality of life is activated through the knowledge of the word of God. And it is, it is accessed through, through and only by Christ Jesus. And then it is also awakened through prayer and fasting. And so as we seek God and we find out what God has emphasized in his scripture, we can then have confidence to exist as Christians. So basics not only helps us uh, find God's will for our lives, to, uh, for, for his desire for us to have a quality life, but it also brings us to finding depth to the concepts of faith. It helps us bring depth to the concepts of faith. In the fourth chapter of Hebrews, in the fifth chapter of Hebrews, it talks about how we handle receiving things that we should know from God. And that a lot of times we are limited from gaining even deeper access to the things of God because we do not regard the intake the way we intake the word of God. If I had time, I would also refer to the parable of the soil, soil, which Jesus emphasized in Mark, uh, in Matthew 13 and Luke chapter 4. Um, the, the parable of the sower talks about the conditioning of the heart. The heart state is the life state. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is it. You are what you think. But in addition to you being are what you think, you have to guard your heart with all diligence, Proverbs tell you, for out of it flows the issues of life. And so a lot of times, but God, man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. He is looking for the word to take place in the heart. And Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth and what? Believe in your heart uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and shall be saved. Well, that then encompasses the concept of, of the conviction behind the doctrines of baptism because baptism is one of the first acts that we see Jesus manifest uh, uh, any form of spirituality other than the, the changing of, uh, uh, change of water to wine and also the time that he taught in the synagogue and answered the, the, the questions that were plaguing the uh, rabbis of that particular day. So here in the three, in the three manifestations of Jesus' early life, we see that the first demonstration of any ministry uh, was held at the baptism. And if he was baptized, then we also 
to consider learning what the purpose and the power of baptism is so that we can, we can ascribe to those convictions. Everything pertaining to the Lord Jesus can be applied to us developing belief because with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with confession the, the, um, the mouth is uh, made of, uh, is, is connected to salvation. And so the reason why we have confidence in the Lord Jesus is because Jesus uh, has, has proven to be the one who got it right. And so we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Why? Because he demonstrated power over death. He demonstrated power over demons. He demonstrated powers over the, the natural nature and over needs. He demonstrated power over sicknesses and diseases. But he also demonstrated the ability to please God. His ability to please God is what enabled us uh, to have confidence in applying those same convictions to our life. So we have to accept that same call, that same command, that same uh, uh, confirmation to be uncompromising. And then we also have to also challenge ourselves to see the works and greater works that he performed. Now, in Matthew, the third chapter, verse 11, it says, Indeed, I baptize you with water. This is John the Baptist who prophetically demonstrated baptism symbolically to, pro- to proclaim what Jesus would manifest in his, his word. Uh, but he said, I indeed I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It's interesting to note that Jesus participated in the ceremony of baptism, but he never baptized anyone in the scripture. And 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 of course, you know they would have um, uh, you know they would uh, you know John said, "Well, baptize me." Jesus said, "But for the sake of the scriptures, um, uh, this this must be done so that the scriptures might be fulfilled." So baptism here is a prophetic uh, prophetic demonstration. A prophetic demonstration. Now, anything pertaining to the prophetic teaches us the voice of God. And that's why when Jesus uh, was baptized, the voice of God was provoked to, to, to be heard. And, of course, in that particular chapter, we hear an audible voice that was not proclaimed in Jesus or through any prophet, but the voice of God speaking so clearly and so distinct that the, the witnesses there heard this is my son in whom I'm going to hear him. So prophetic demonstration is, is, the, is the concept behind baptism. And the reason why it's a doctrine is because God wants us to know that when we connect with him and we involve ourselves and engage into the life of Christ and to get the results of Christ, he will demonstrate something so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Uh, now, it goes on to say that Jesus came unto Galilee, to Jordan, uh, to be, uh, unto John to be baptized. John was his cousin. But John forbade, saying, I need you to be baptized thee, and comest thou to me. Why are you coming to me? And Jesus asked, says, Suffer it be now, for, uh, for thus it is to fulfill all righteousness. So the path of righteousness at this point had not been fulfilled. But for the sake of people being given access to get things right, there would need to be a demonstration, a public demonstration 
of of a de- of a declaration of uh, of of sacrifice of devoted toward the things of God to be demonstrated. And then Jesus was baptized and went straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open, and he saw the and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." Now John picked up his same article and um, the, uh, and the Gospels of John, and this is not John the Baptist, but this is the Apostle John. And John says this account in this in the Scriptures when when um, when when he answered them about baptism. He said, John the Baptist answered them, saying, I baptize you with water, but there stands one among you whom ye know not. He it is who is coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latcheth. I'm not even worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethlehem beyond Jordan, where John is baptized. The next day John seeth Jesus coming into him. And said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. So here is the prophetic utterance. Behold the Lamb of God that cometh to take away the sins of the world. And this is Jesus confirming this in verse 15 of chapter 3 of Matthew, when he says, um, Suffer it be so now that it, um, that it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So the, the, the prophetic declaration and demonstration of, of baptism is first to display the righteousness of God. God has a way. Righteousness is always indicative of a route, of a route for a correction uh, uh, from wickedness and from disorder to order and to, to, to a right path. If there's a wrong path, there's a right path. And so the, the path of righteousness had to be fulfilled. There had to be a process that would spark a revolution of people from being externally symbolic at um, being devoted to God to internally convicted. So they can, they can, despite their actions, be confirmed and confirmed the blessings that were on Abraham and the blessings that were on the prophet's soul, that they could also be acclaimed as children of God. Because God is still an all holy God that cannot look on him. Now, see, he said, I got to fulfill, I got to fulfill this. He said, bear with, with me. See, uh, the, the re, uh, reason why God anointed um, John the Baptist, because a lot of times when we talk about this, God said he, uh, in, in, in prophecies of old prior to the manifestation of the Messiah, that he would do nothing in the earth after, you know, he had several covenants that were destroyed and several consequences of sin uh, take place in the world that would provoke his judgment, which would, be, which would almost be unbearable if it wasn't for there being a, a, a form of atonement taking place so that there could be a glimmer of hope. And that's what the prophetic utterances were released. This is Old Testament time. While Jesus was walking on the earth, the old covenant was still in effect. So the laws and the decrees were still upheld. The grace of God was limited to that which was stipulated uh, and stipulated uh, and stated by prophetic utterances prior to Jesus existing on the earth. So John could had to come on the scene so that first 
there could be an initiation of a revival in Israel. Israel was still in a form of captivity. They went from being under the Babylonian system to being corrupted under the Roman Empire and infiltrating customs and claims of foreign gods and foreign things was, was, was still corrupting the, 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 the care and the covenant, the care of the covenant in, 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 in the lens of their, of their Jewish faith. And so in order for there to, um, to be a form of reformation, there would have to be someone who would prophetically proclaim the word of the Lord. He would prophetically proclaim the word of the Lord so that they could initiate a revival, a revival. But not only did he initiate a revival, he, wanted to, he was also set to identify the Messiah, that the Messiah was not some aloof mystery that was happening in the future, but it was taking place in mainstream history today. And not only did he identify and initiate uh, Jesus' ministry, but he also inaugurated because and before, prior to John, there was no prophetic symbolic um, uh, man that demonstrated God's judgment and God's verdict stronger than um, Isaiah and, of course, you or, uh, or um, Elijah. And, of course, you know, John the Baptist was prophetically declared in his uh, mother's womb that he would have possessed, uh, possessed the same spirit. And that's why when Mary and Elizabeth were, were, uh, uh, were, were destined to bear children, even during the de- uh, development stage, their visions were connected and collided. And when they got in close confines, they would leak. So, you know, the enemy was upset at, the, at that being fulfilled. But not only was he set to initiate revival for Israel and identify the Messiah and inaugurate the ministry of the Messiah, he identified the, 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 he identified the state of the Old Testament conviction. See, what was happening was repentance was, was what was to be proclaimed. All right? Now, in, 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 in this, and I got to hurry on because we got a lot more content. And I don't want to get lost in John, but John had to uh, identify the Old Testament uh, relevance, okay, because there needed to be some clarity preparing the way of the Lord. And then it would have to come through a prophet. That it would have to come through a cleansing of the priest. And, and it would also have to come from a king, the authority of a king. So in order for that to happen, uh, John had to represent the prophet. But he wasn't from the lineage of the priesthood. But they, uh, 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 Jesus was from the seed of David. Uh, so he had a priest lineage in his blood. So he could represent both king and priest being birthed and sent from the Holy Ghost. So there we see that we identify, identifying the authorities of the old covenant confirmed his, his rulership and his ability to lead and to take over this doctrine of baptism, all right? So, so in, in John's, uh, John's appeal to revival and appeal to identifying the Messiah, Messiah and inaugurating his ministry of the Messiah and identifying the Old Testament passages, 
He also identified the need for changing the human race. Right? Uh, because there needed to be a change. And he, he preached the first revival of change. Now, John left, uh, also needed to identify the end of his ministry. And those are the things that were taking place in that. But when we come to baptism, we need to know that the, the baptism in water is a physical, earthly reflection of a spiritual baptism that comes from the Holy Spirit above. We must be born of the water and of the Spirit, John 3, 5. And while we often think of water as a distinct from the spirit of baptism, the two are really one baptism. John 3, 3, Acts 2, 38, uh, Ephesians 4, 5, to identify with Jesus. We do not just go down into the water with him, but we come up to receive the Holy Spirit which enables us to live the life. And the evidence of that is power to be a witness, power to, to be a wonder, power to be a winner in God. Amen. Now, the prophetic, uh, the Holy Spirit symbolized, is symbolized in the demonstration of baptism, the renewing of the mind, the body, and the spirit. Why? Because you have to resolve to, to commit to Christ. You have to resolve to submerge your body in water. And then you have to resolve to see that that action of obedience will be conferred by the reception of the Holy Spirit. So, so these, these principles outline why we must be baptized. Amen? Now, the basis of these things, uh, of understanding these things and teaching them, what does that affect? One, it provokes discipleship. It provokes discipleship. John had a set of disciples that were baptized as a result of the prophetic demonstration and declaration. Jesus had a set of disciples and a set of people devoted to his teachings based on the demonstration, and the declaration of his ministry. And everyone who does that prophetically demonstrates and declares the, the, the power and the effect of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Now, in addition to this, baptism is not only a declaration, a demonstration, but it is finally an act of utter devotion toward believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other figure in, in the Bible where once, we in, once there is an encounter with his teaching and or experience of his power, that it provokes you to commit totally he is the basis of discipleship. He is the basis of devotion. But he's also the basis of developing a relationship with God. And so those, those, those patterns enable us, it empowers us to live this life in confidence, to love God for the truth and to love not the things of the world, to love others 
to love the way of righteousness because Jesus achieved this by fulfilling the act of baptism. And one thing we like about baptism is that not only did he command us to be baptized and to baptize, but he himself was baptized so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. We have a Savior that has not neglected to feel the effect of our infirmity. He decided not only to proclaim it, not only to demonstrate it, but to devote himself to us who would do the same to the act of baptism. So it's a powerful way to display our salvation when we demonstrate and declare over our lives our devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he did the same for us. Amen? Let's pray. God, we just dealt with the basic, and we appreciate your time for teaching us about what it means to be baptized. And as we look at further uh, foundation, help us to be affirmed in knowing who we really are so we can know what we can do and know what we have and be that by your grace and through your spirit. Help us to walk in your ways that we may walk in your truth. And for that, you alone will get all praise, honor, and glory for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you shall be saved. For the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Would you repeat after me? I do confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me at Calvary. If you did that, you believe you're born again. Now, not only do you get born again, consider getting baptized. Amen. But more importantly, there's a spiritual baptism that takes place where it seals you to the day of redemption. So, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that is sealed on their heart, those that confess you as Lord and Savior, and they will be sealed to the day of redemption, and that they will come into the knowledge of the truth and be enabled to live the Christian life through and by your Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. We thank you for the power of the Spirit being present to enable them to live by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do, because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. We want to have more teaching on the basics and basic trainings, but we're still in the, the boot camp. Amen. We're still learning some things. We're learning how to study the Bible. We're also learning the basic doctrines of Christ. Amen. God bless you, and have a great night.